Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Star Trek edition. You got two happy campers here. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man who's got me locked with his phaser beam, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. What have you got for us, Tom? Hello, computer. <laughs> I have never, as a grown man, been able to hold a computer mouse in my hand and not yes, think. take it to my mouth and say those words. Yep. <laughs> Aside from that, I, I wanted to begin with uh, with that line. Um, aside from the fact it works on the, like four or five different levels. I mean, we'll we'll mm-hmm. talk about that when we get there. But that this is uh, the line is from the exact midpoint of these sequels. Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's amazing. And it, and it and it dilithium crystallizes everything that's good about <laughs> these movies. <laughs> right, right. Character moments and yes. screenplay. Yeah, everything that works about because when those two things yeah. are working, these movies are fucking right. great. Everything that's good about these films cycles through those two yeah. aspects of filmmaking at some point. This is a this is an astonishing series we're doing. It this it's so interesting. It's one of the most intriguing uh, series we've done. Yeah, I think so too. And the main reason I say that is because they're they're um they're a rare beast in cinema, which is double sequels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these are sequels both to Star Trek the original series. In some cases, specific episodes thereof. Episodes, right? <laughs> and also the previous films in the cinematic uh, TOS franchise. Right. Um. And I almost, because so often when I watch these movies, it's sort of, you know what I could watch right now? Number four or yeah. number yeah. two or, you know what I mean? No, and, no, and I mean. I don't always watch them in order together. And so I I was really struck by, you know, the, the, the sense of continuity that the movies have. That's a, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge thing to mention within these five movies. There yeah. is a a trilogy of films. Yes, exactly. Referred to so by three the... films are themselves a trilogy yeah. separate from the first movie that preceded all of them. And the final two. And the final two the, movies, the, yeah. Um, that we're doing is referred to by the producers, I think somewhat erroneously, as an accidental trilogy. Um, but that's that's what they... Hmm. That's how they've spun it. Um, and it doesn't end there because two... Two of these movies overlap with Star Trek The Next Generation, which means yeah. they're both sequels and prequels <laughs> at the time of release. Not, you know, not retrospectively as they yeah. were going out into the world. 
which yeah. uh, makes them fascinating because you have to think about them uh, from a variety of different angles. It cannot be denied. No. So this was, I mean, this had to have been a special treat for you. Oh, you, you love this I, series. I mean, I do too, but I feel like <laughs> your fandom might be the bigger star between the two of us. Well, it, it goes beyond that, actually, because for such a long time, this series was the B, the, or no, not the series, this these uh, five movies mm-hmm. were the be all and end all of Star Trek for me. Okay. And to put that in perspective, I've been on a five-year mission to watch all the classic Trek TV series from the original series to Enterprise. I'm about ten episodes short of completing that goal after five years. And I probably That's... watch these movies twice a year. <laughs> so that tells you all I need to know about what I think Star Trek is. No, all 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 the fans need to know. All our listeners need to right, know. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's funny you say that because I was always more of a movie guy than the television series. 100%. I mean, I, I, I'd seen the original series, but the other series, I, I watched Generate or uh, The Next Generation. Yeah. I watched it sporadically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't... The, the best way to watch it. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other series, I never really paid much mind or attention to. Mm. And we were just talking off air. I was talking about, you know, everything is available right now. Yeah. And, and I, I kept going to series and seeing how many seasons there were. And I, I kept thinking, I think I'd like to start at the beginning and just watch all of them. Yeah. Even if it takes me five years, that's fine. I was once like you. <laughs> five years later, I'm regretting that decision. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> well, the, I remember a summer when I was a teenager uh, <laughs> where I would go to the video store, get one of these films, take it home, watch it, take it back the next day and get the next one and yeah. do that on a loop. Um, it, I, I analog binged these films as a kid. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, we need that on a t-shirt yeah. analog binge that's i did i, I treat i treated the video store as my own personal streaming service <laughs> right <laughs> oh man but yeah the whole i mean my uh huge nostalgia and affection for these movies to <laughs> to me it's the it's it's the cinematic equivalent of slowly lowering myself into a warm bath. Yeah, right. Which is something that many of the cast members of this series would be incapable of by the time of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Mm -hmm. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) But despite that, I mean, they pull it off. But I mean, I'll I'll save it, but... And also, you know, and and I'm so forgiving of these films, perhaps more than any other film series out there something okay maybe we should start talking about this because yeah we we, if anyone's expecting an objective evaluation right uh, the star trek original series movies uh go elsewhere right (laughs) (laughs) and and so you know when you look at this the series of movies as a whole including the original including star trek the motion picture 
eh, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Just that's why that's why this 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 podcast the format of this podcast is tailor made. I know the Star, the Star Trek original series movies because we don't have to talk about <laughs> Star Trek the Motion, which Picture. we've already done. But we did a watch along, yeah. But let me at, let me at least indulge me with this because I think generally when people talk about this series. It's one, three, and five are some form of dog shit, and two, four, and six are incredible. I think that's a narrative that's fairly common within, You're 100% right. you know, public fandom. Yeah, the popular law, a law is in folklore, not yeah. Data's brother. Right, um, is that? Um, it, yeah, is that the the even numbered movies are the only ones that are any good? And I, I partially blame Futurama for this. <laughs> they did a lot to cement that in popular culture. I mean, I feel like even before Futurama, that was a before, narrative. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I mean, it's almost worth it to hear Fry say, you know, you know what, uh, mo- what movie series evens out is really good. <laughs> <Star Trek. laughs> but but um, what I want to say is, by the well, way, I'm just gonna say, well, I I just want to I just I want to give you advance warning. You, yes. I don't think you, I don't think you've seen enough Futurama. The season. Yeah, four I was episode, never as big a fan of Futurama as I was of The Simpsons. The the season four episode where no fan has gone before. I would recommend you watch it pretty quickly, if only to eliminate it from your sequel pitch. <laughs> oh wow! Because it may be the perfect follow up to Star Trek Sixteen Discovery. Country. <laughs> I realized great. watching it the other day. All right. But carry on, sorry. Well, and all I was going to say was, you know, at least two of those three movies that are maligned are, I mean, really maligned. One and five are thought of as, you know, abhorrent. Yeah, my my ranking and declaration doesn't subscribe to, to that myth. Right at all everything I, well i, I mean, think that's the thing that, that what i wanted to say was i think that's one of the remarkable things about this series is that that conscious thought is always in my brain yeah. when i start watching one three or five and by the yeah. time i get to the end of them i think i mean you know not that bad no i mean i i'm i i would say you know all bets are off it's all to play for Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right. You can't help but think about it because it is 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 front and center in in the fandom of these movies, right? But uh, when you break it down, it's it, it it just it just doesn't track. No, yeah, it really doesn't, and it shouldn't tra- and it shouldn't track. And I think you know my yeah my decisions are going to have nothing to do with that. All right, now. <laughs> I mean, we talk about this every every new series. Yeah. In terms of ranking, uh huh. How how bad a time did you have, or was it just as easy as could be, easy as pie, or was it tough as nails? What's like how tough hard as was nails. it? Okay. Tough. As I'm nails. so glad you... to hear you say that because, <laughs> um, I feel like on any given day my ranking could change. Yeah. Yeah. And usually yeah, I, it's one of those things where... a couple where... of really close... The couple of really tight races here. Okay. Yeah. At least, uh, at least for me. I mean, I, I think of these films 
as if I were the parent of a large family. Right. Like, right. I know one. Or, it's like I know one or two of them are fuck ups, but I love them anyway. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here, Carol Brady asking Star Trek Five, "What did you learn?" <laughs> I learned, uh, I learned never to hand, William, hand a project over to William Shatner. I, I got, I, I have plenty to say on the subject. I cannot. Yes. I, I'm so excited to get to that movie, but obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm hugely, I, I'm hugely excited. I mean, this is a. I, I've obviously rewatched these films for the purposes of the podcast. <laughs> I think the last time I watched them was about six months ago. So. Right. <laughs> Now, um, what... and I always watch them one after the other. Okay, and normally do generations and probably everything up to um, Nemesis. Nemesis, yeah. So now, begrudgingly, now what was it like for you watching them purposely for the podcast? Did that make it different for you? It did. Um... Yeah, because I, I mean, I was I was definitely more conscious of them as what what kind of a sequel they were. Yeah, sure. Um, and how that played into their successes or otherwise as films. Um. It yeah, it was it definitely. Got so you're talking about, about in terms of what they were going for and how, how well they did that. Right. Yeah. Um. And again, yeah, I mean, the but the biggest part of that is how they, uh, how they mediate between being sequels to to the television version of Star Trek and the film version of Star Trek, mm -hmm. and that's the most interesting aspect of me, for for me is, um, not you know we always because we, we always talk about uh, getting the balance right between being faithful to the original movie mm -hmm. and doing something different. Yeah. But for, but for here, and I think it's a similar balance here, but the original text is not the motion picture. It's, it's the television Star Trek show. The TV series. Sure. The motion picture is almost irrelevant uh, yeah. to these films. We're not um, going to hurt. We're not going to hear the, the, the name Verger. And yet, and yet, <laughs> you know, you can you can tell that the people making these films are, you know, consciously trying to avoid the mistakes that are made. Right. Uh, in the motion picture, um, and you know that uh, much of certainly the first couple of movies is about sort of wiping the slate clean, right, and showing how Star Trek can be a cinematic franchise in a way that the motion picture didn't make Was not, the case or, for compelling. Or, right. Yeah. So those first the the first two sequels have a lot of work to do in terms of even just justifying their own existence mm -hmm. as cinema. Um, well, and also just you know now now we th you know Star Trek is is a franchise. We're going to keep seeing it in some form or fashion. It's not going to yeah. stop. But no, right. But Paramount's after re Paramount's really pinned its flag right. on on Star Trek. Uh, as as the kind of the flagship of its streaming service, right? Yeah. And after Star Trek: The Motion Picture comes out, of course, that was in limbo. You know, yeah. it took Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan to kind of save the franchise, 
Absolutely. And then you have, you know, and then, it, you know, Star Trek 3 tries to do something. Star Trek 4 uh, plays against type <laughs> in a way to... Oh, no, absolutely. To, yeah. to, you know, to do something different with the franchise, but extremely successful. It's the most profitable of all the sequels. Yeah. So, and I, I think after four, you get the sense of it's enough of a commodity that, I mean, literally even Star Trek V could not take it down. So, Right. Um, yeah, and by that time, Next Generation is Is, is on, the, on air. the air, and yeah, right. Um, not that it, it is doing terribly well in it in its uh, early years, but Infancy, by the time of right. Undiscovered, but the time of Undiscovered Country, they're both juggernaut. You know, like mm-hmm. it's a juggernaut. Yeah, and so, um, and so they're able to play off the success of that, um, and I think Next Generation. We'll talk about it when we get there, but I think Next Generation shapes what the Undiscovered Country is. Uh, much more than it did with the final, the final frontier. I think, I think the f- part of the reason the final frontier seems so anomalous mm-hmm. is because they know next generations on the air and they don't want to get in its way. Okay, yeah, and that, this is that the, might easy, be. the easiest way to not get in their way is to just do something very strange and unconnected to the rest of the franchise. Right, <laughs> and that's exactly what they delivered. Yeah, in spades. <laughs> In, in, I mean, I, I can't, I can't wait, I can't wait to talk about that yeah, film. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, don't, don't expect me to needlessly trash it either. Oh, me either. I'm not. I, gonna, I got... I'm not gonna. Pi- I'm not gonna pile on. I'm not gonna jump on the bandwagon. I, you know, it's funny because it's the one I've seen the least. <laughs> um. <laughs> That may be the opposite for me. That's so funny. <laughs> to be, if I'm being perfectly honest, when I say I got one of these movies and then you know got the next one the next day, yeah, I'm talking. I mean, availability was an issue, so uh-huh. we're really just talking three to five. <laughs> That's amazing. And of course, this is pre Undiscovered Country as well. Uh-huh. I remember Undiscovered Country coming out while I was doing possibly this, possibly even the same summer. Yeah, when I was. You know, going to the video shop and you know they they, they would be there ready with with That's a VHS great. cassette of that is so of, great. Uh, of the Final Frontier, and uh, the the you know I you, you couldn't get you couldn't get new movies direct to video at that point. Mm-hmm. So I do I do remember watching a pirated copy that one of my school friends who always seemed to have the who always seemed to have the pirated copy of every new movie. He was one of that those kids. I, yeah, it's how I first watched Reservoir Dogs as well. Interestingly, that's funny. Um, and I, but I, re- I remember because it was and it was a really bad copy. And I remember the uh, the uh, the attack on the Klingon ship with the um, CGI blood bubbles. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that that was a byproduct of how bad the pirate copy was, and then seeing the real thing, going, "Oh no, it really is that bad." <laughs> it really is the worst looking blood I've ever seen. <laughs> I would contend simultaneously great because of how bad it is. Okay. I love it. Yeah. But we'll get there. 
Yeah. Um, I know Klingons had bubble gum for blood, but yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> you know, and you know, you know what I think makes it. Never mind. I'm going to save it. I'm going <laughs> to. I'll shut up. I'll they shut did up. in a in a in a episode. There was an episode of Next Generation where they just completely forgot about the pink blood for Klingons. Uh huh. So um, it it was just it was just like regular red. It's more purple, right? I see. It's it. pink. It's like bright pink. They just forgot. But in undiscovered and, country, it's more purple. No, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, this was after undiscovered country. They just forgotten. <laughs> and this happened. I mean, we'll 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 talk about it. But continuity errors are plenty mm-hmm. going on here. Nicholas Nicholas Meyer is not a man who likes to to do his research <laughs> in writing a a screenplay for for a movie that has a see but i think that's uh, you know, one of the things a, that's a, a interesting third, like a 90 episode predecessor right i think that's one of the things that's interesting about the series is because that's true but but there is still continuity you know i i, I thought it was so funny because i had forgotten that like cartwright is in star trek 4 yeah you know what i mean that kind of continuity yeah no I, so, there's there's continuity. There's, I mean, the the best. I mean, the actual serial, yeah, continuity within the series itself. But when they they try to dredge something up from the original series, <laughs> uh, they they um they're not as successful. Yeah. Okay. But part of that is you know it's sometimes I think that is just those are just continuity errors, and other times I think it's a deliberate attempt to to play with the mythology and to um, move along the representation of the Star Trek universe. Okay. And, and Wrath of Khan's a really good, um, a really good vehicle for that because you, you sort of see that it, it changes key aspects of the mythology, which will be transformed f- from this point forward. Um, and, and then there are other instances of, just getting it wrong. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, you know, we have we have to start ranking, but I've got just I want to ask you really quickly before we start. Please. What is it you value most in a Star Trek sequel? I think I've already said it. I think really? it's, okay. it's 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 uh character moments. Mhm. And story, it's, like the the screenplay, not yeah uh, the screenplay, and not just at the level of screenplay, not just the level of story, but at dialogue as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no coincidence that I think the best the best movies in this series have the best dialogue and the best character moments. Direction is huge as well mm-hmm. because it's a you know like it's a really uh, close knit family. Yeah, right. Of direct. There's a, there's three three directors over five over five, five films. films right, um, and so two, two of them, of them twice yeah two of them direct two movies and then yeah you, and then you got Shatner and then you got Shatner <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just to remind us why we want one of those two directors um, <laughs> and you and and I think you know that they're but you know and, and you know it's it, it's easy to it's easy to uh, make fun of of Shatner as a director, but you know he contributes something 
He contributes a vision. He he. Well, it's a disturbing. It's a disturbing vision. I, I want to say, and I don't want to hear yeah. any more about it. But it, it's not. He's not a. He's not a journeyman director no, by any he's means. He's not. And what, he left his imprint. Yeah. on that film. But I I have things to say. But I'm gonna save it for that episode. All right. Yes, as you should. Now, so, I, those are the those are the big three for me. Okay. Um. What about you? What do you value in a Star Trek sequel? Yeah, that, I mean, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head because I find myself gravitating towards character moments and dialogue as well. Yeah. But I also think, um, you know, I guess it's, I guess what I'm really wondering, well, I think I should save it because okay. you have this outlier of a film in Star Trek mm-hmm. IV, The Voyage Home. Mm-hmm. And so... It's devoid of the Star Trek stuff that I think a lot of people really... It doesn't have the Enterprise. Right. Crucially. (laughs) Enterprise is gone. Uh, By the way, we've talked many times about big swings. Star Trek 2, they kill off Spock. Yeah. Star Trek 3, they kill off the Enterprise. (laughs) These are big swings. Yeah. And, And Kirk's son. And Kirk's son. Correct. So, you know, and, and, and so it's all weighted, right? It, to me, it's, it's what do you appreciate? Mm-hmm. Do you appreciate the drama, but do you want it to stay in outer space? Or, or do, do you gravitate towards, you know, an anomaly like, like number four? Right. But let me, let me also just, you know, I mean, we got to start. So, so, so. <laughs> If you were going to ask a hundred people, which uh-huh. is the best of all the Star Trek sequels, I yeah. think at least 99 of them would probably say Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Agreed. My question to you is, is Star yes. Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, the best of the sequels? For you. It absolutely. Here's the thing. It absolutely could be. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely the top. Oh, I mean, I'm giving away a lot here, but but why, why procrastinate? It's it's definitely in my top two. Okay, but but not at the your top, the top of your list. The, well, the, the top two, I well the top two of my list. It is, I mean, photo finish doesn't cover it. I mean, this is the closest. You know, this is like the Seinfeld pimple on the nose. I feel the exact silver. same way. But it might be. But here's the thing: it might probably be a different film. <laughs> okay. Um. But in the end, I so I, I've just and I've justified to myself why the other film in my top two takes first place. All right. What is the top of your list? <sighs> Purely because. <laughs> I have no notes for either of these films. Just I want to put that out. I You're just working from memory. No, I no, I mean, I mean, uh, critical notes. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, I have got pages and pages of notes. Okay. But I have not. I have nothing to correct. <laughs> I have nothing negative. I'm basically saying I have nothing negative to say about either of these movies. All right. Okay. Purely because. Oh my God! What are you gonna say? Beats the odds. 
of being a strong a strong movie in its own right a good star trek sequel uh-huh and in fact conversely is i think the best version of star trek i'm going to say star trek for the voyage home okay then we don't have to fight yeah that's the top of your list it's not the yeah god damn it okay what's top of your list then it is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Okay. But no, again, no, no. photo finish. Yeah. I but that's love for the podcast. Star yeah. Trek IV, The Voyage Home, like like in my bones, like deeply. <laughs> and, and in Bones' bones. Yes, exactly. And, <laughs> oh, Tom, it, it really, it was like gut-wrenching trying to decide Me between too. the two. And I, I, frankly, I admire your pick a little bit more. <laughs> but, <laughs> did I? T- I took the bullet for you, didn't I? You did, and and I, <laughs> I think that the one thing is the one thing that it suffers from, and it's literally the only thing. See, even this, I'm talking myself out of it because I love it anyway. I don't care. No, no, but the, it's the, that thin with me. It is. Yeah, it the is framing that of of the the actual narrative with the whales and like you know, that is maybe the weakest thing in in the entire of all the sequels. But yeah. it's so good that I don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> like I don't care, and. Right. So, yes, for me as well, and I, I'm really glad to hear you say this because I I I think these two movies are so good and I think they're mm-hmm. so close that I if, yeah. if 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 you were like, well, let me say a word about Star Trek three and why it's uh, yeah, I was going to be like a oh, fucking Tom. But <laughs> yeah, Tom and his threes. Yeah. So no, no, this I'm is, just pleased as yeah. punch that uh, I, we have a different movie at the top of our lists, yeah. but we are of like minds between yeah. two and four. And this is what it this for me. This is what it what it comes down to is it Star Trek for the Voyage Home reinvents the Star Trek formula as a feel good screwball comedy. It's set. It has no enterprise. We've already covered that. Yeah. It's set largely in the present day. Mm-hmm. And yet, so all of these factors should immediately... Count against add it. Add up to to a bad film. <laughs> yeah, right? right? Any one of those yes. could doom this film. And not only, as I said, do I think it is it is almost like ideal textbook what I think is good about Star Trek. Yeah. In every respect. But it's a satisfying end to a mini to a trilogy, mini trilogy exactly. And you know what? I wouldn't have minded if it didn't do that, but it does. Right. Um, and it does count in its favor. It is a button oh, it, on the first three movies in a way that is so satisfying. So satisfying. Ah. And you know, and I think the the only reason why Wrath of Khan is second is like. And this is a ridiculous thing to say, but Wrath of Khan didn't have Wrath of Khan to live up to. (laughs) So it has a slightly easier job. Right, right. Bearing in mind that its job is to to follow 
Star Trek The Motion, motion picture, picture, right. Which you think would be the hardest job ever. Yes. But I think a harder job is to follow up... Star Trek II, the Wrath of... Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, which is counterintuitive, because that should imply that <laughs> Wrath of Khan is a better film. But I don't... Yes, but In also the pantheon, because there's also a gap. Not. There's a gap, though. So you can't... You can't... I don't think you can completely credit the voyage home in relation to Star Trek Two, because in between you have Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Right. Which is sort of, in and of itself, is still a very interesting movie because it's the middle part of a trilogy. Yeah. And how many times have we been seeing either a coupling, like a, a, a book that's separated into two movies, yeah, or or a trilogy in which the middle movie is dog shit, Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I, you know, I have, I have things to say about Star Trek three, but it, yeah. it is narratively, it's a, it's an entire story of a middle picture in a trilogy. Right. So it's its own thing, but also part of a three part whole. This is why I don't buy accidental trilogy at all. Yeah. Right. You don't accidentally make a perfect midsection to your yeah, trilogy. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, if you don't have the things that happen narratively in the search for Spock, most presently the losing of the Enterprise, then they don't have... No. They don't have the ship that they need to go back in time because they could never yeah. be invisible. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it is... And and the I mean this is this is why Star Trek Voyage Home is at the top of my list because their their logic it their their logic is impeccable. It is yeah. you know what's it get what's it gonna take for Starfleet to forgive Kirk, Kirk and the crew of the Enterprise? It's like they're gonna have they to have save to save them. Earth. <laughs> they, have to, they have to save Earth from eternal doom, and they do. Yeah. So by going um, back in time, by the way. By uh, yeah. We've done. They've done it before. Slingshot around the sun. Which, by their standards, doesn't seem. You know, it's not supposed to be the easiest thing to do. So they're taking risks. It depends which episode of the original series you're going from. All right. Because there are some. There are some where it where it seems like a big hassle, and there are others that begin with them just there. Yeah. Taking readings as if they do it every day. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have the first two. Mm-hmm. Knocked out of the top of our lists. You're four yeah. two, and I'm two four, and I think we're both kind of pleased with each other that we yeah. both think that these movies belong at the top of the list in some, you know, in 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 whatever order you choose. But they belong at the top. I don't know if outside of the two of us, people think that highly of Voyage Home. What? That's insane. I I agree, but I don't. I I have no awareness of that that level of uh i that level of fa- okay i i hope i'm wrong because it's it's a glorious piece of filmmaking it is and even at the time i mean it's the it's the high watermark for uh you know box office for the entire series yeah that movie made more money than any of the other sequels or the original motion picture so wow even at the time at least Fandom went to go see that movie. Yeah. Now, in term in terms of its lasting legacy, yeah, you might be right. I mean, people talk an awful lot about Khan and even the Undiscovered Country. Right. 
But he, and he, but here's the interesting thing: you want a, you want a modern day example of how you can, um, how you can fuck up the same ingredients. Picard season two. I haven't, I, I haven't watched a, an any entirely... Picard yet. I'm, I'm like behind. Don't. Don't. But <laughs> oh, I'm going to. Don't I mean, bother. Come on. Don't bother. But season two is a uh, time travel story storyline. The whole season. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Um. There's even a reference to the voyage home in there, um, and it's garbage. It's exactly what you would expect the voyage home to be, were it not, um, you know, suspended in the magic of the people making, making it. it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, absolute. I mean, basically, it's at the top of my list because it absolutely could have been a disaster, and it's the furthest. And it's from so a far from that. Yes. That it's almost, it, it, it's it's almost a miracle. Almost. I, I fuck, I fucking love that movie. It's, yeah. It's, you know, and that movie has more quotables than maybe all the other movies combined. There are so many I think good lines. I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that and say six has the most quotables. Yeah. The undiscovered country it is does have quotable heaven. I could do. Yeah, I could you're do right. Quotables. I, I could do quotables for the whole series just from that film. <laughs> Guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> which which is another which is another crossover with the series we've done, yeah. Rocky Five. Right. <laughs> how how abs- <laughs> Within two years of each other. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I'll. I'll, I'll you, I. You've won me over. Which is not to say, and also because I mean, we talked about this off air. Uh, You know, they they put this beautiful button on the uh, entire series, and then decide to unravel it when they do generations. (laughs) But but clearly, when they were making it, they had the last one on their minds, and so that's Mm. why we have so many great quotables from that particular movie. But. Yeah, and I think I mean Nicholas Nicholas Meyer um, co-wrote um, mm-hmm. the screenplay to the Voyage Home, and so yeah. I, I, I I think you know he's he's just got a gift for for one-liners. Yeah, because this you know Wrath, between Wrath of Khan and Discover Country and Voyage Home, you just there's just this kind of verbal wordplay, like and yeah right erud, erudite. Uh, screenplay writing that I think you could you could probably see as being Maya's influence. Yeah. I He's a common denominator. Right. Um all right. Well, to me that leads to the next question cuz we're already starting to talk about it and I'll just mm. go ahead and I'll tell you for myself. Yeah. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, is the third on my list. Okay. Is it yours? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I fucking love that movie. Okay, so, but you know what? This is another, I would say that the, there's two, this is another of the close races I have. Oh, wow. This and the next movie on my list. Yeah. Um... I mean, the screenplay should be put in a museum. Right. That's all I have to say. It is. It both. It's both a brilliantly told 
procedural story mm-hmm. that is full of some of the best dialogue you'll ever hear in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. And part of the reason why, for I mean, the cast is amazing. Mm-hmm. A part of the reason why is the ca- why the cast is amazing, and this is something you hear in Hollywood a lot, but you don't believe. But I believe it for this movie is they none of them were star wanted to be in Star Trek. They all loved the script. Yeah, right. They wanted to say the lines that were in the script. Right. <laughs> and that's why you get this incredible cast. Not because they're like latent Star Wars, uh, Star Trek fans. The only person in that movie... Many, yeah. The first of many ter- Star Wars Tourette slips, yeah. sorry. Well, the, the only person that was in Star Trek Six because they were a fan is Christian Slater. Well, and that's very clear. Yes, Completely. Because he has no other connection <laughs> because to the story. And his mother was the, the casting director. Even Iman is a more logical cameo yes, than exactly. Christian Slater. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> that's um, great. <laughs> so, um, but I, I don't, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a little flawed. I mean, minor, uh, these, the yeah, minor quibbles. I, I, I think, if I have I think quibbles, the sec- I talk myself out of them almost immediately because I just, <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care. I think the second act lumbers a little bit, and I think there are one or two sequences, especially in the third act of the movie, that, uh, to quote Voyage Home, not catching Star Trek at its best. <laughs> okay. But that's it. I mean, that, you know, that's how that's how tight this is. That's how thin these margins are. I am curious. So if I can find if I can find something that is concretely wrong, mm-hmm. it it immediately goes down to third on the list. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right. At the very least. Yeah. So now, all right. So we both have the undiscovered country as third on our list, but yeah, you have a close race. Yeah, I do. What, I really do. What almost beat the undiscovered country? It's uh, the, the this may be this may be the big surprise of the. Oh, so, oh I don't I'm know. So excited! I guess we're pretty low on the list now, but but this could have been third on my list. Um, and it's also third in the trilogy, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. All right. Uh. There are a lot of people who actively dislike this film, and I, I don't. I think it is a solidly executed film. I think it's well written, it's well directed, it's well acted. I actually think some of the performances in this series are my favorite in any of the films. Mm. Um, if the fatal flaw. And the reason why ultimately it's fourth, four out of five. I just think it, and I'm sure this is not a new observation. It relies too much on its predecessor for content. Mm. I think they're trying too hard to replicate the success of Wrath of Khan. They didn't. They they, 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 they certainly missed, come short, and I agree with you on that. They like, missed the opportunity. They missed some opportunities to 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 fabricate a more original story out of the material. Right. But there are some sequences in in this that are high points of the series. I don't know how you can call yourself a Star Trek fan and not enjoy uh, breaking the Enterprise out of space dock. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, that's an all-time high. It's so Batman. good. Um, and I think between between Leonard Nimoy as director and Shatner as an actor, I think it's the best Kirk performance in the series. Ooh, I. Hmm. There's something about Nimoy directing Kirk. Nimoy directing. Well, I Shatner. think, but that's one of the things that I love in four. Yeah, four two. But I, I they, really they, noticed it. I really noticed it here. Like I really, really? noticed. We're like, both. I, we're both actors. Sh- and by the way, it is not reciprocated. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to five, it is not reciprocated. <laughs> we get a, a hint very early on that Shatner is not directing Nimoy with the care that Nimoy directed That's him. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> But I mean, so but anyway, I was gonna, so I was gonna really say, my, but I have no beef. That's the thing. I have no active beef with anything on screen in that film. I, I think about missed opportunities, what's not there, but mm-hmm. I, I never question what's on screen. I I occasionally question what's on screen. What I I I think I think it's a more budgetary issue. Sometimes I see things that look a little clunky visually. Oh, I I um, disagree. I disagree. I think they But that's a the the min the most minor of quibbles. I I and... actually think they they grew into the they grew into into sit into the cinematic style really well in that film. Really? I see some I of the sets when they're the sweet spot for me. When they're on, you know, when the lava's going and it's, you know, looking like uh Darth Vader versus Obi Wan. Okay. Uh, some of that looks just ever so slightly clunky to me. But th- again, this is a minor quibble because I like you. I think Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock gets a lot of shit, or is thought of as as a weak movie. Not not to yeah. the extent as one or five. Uh, yeah, people really don't like it. And it's I don't and and for me. It's not that. Like you, I don't know how you can... I think it's one of the best sequences in all of Star Trek when they break out of Space Dock. Especially I think when it's... you compare it to the, to the Space Dock sequences in motion picture. Right, right. Where there are no stakes. Yes. Be- well, that's a whole stakes. different thing. They're just trying to be 2001, a space odyssey to me. Right, but... but... You know what can what can you do with the Enterprise leaving space dock? This, yeah, I think yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> this is what you can do with it. Yeah. Um. So. You know we are we are remarkably of like minds uh, for the series because Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock is my next on the list after Undiscovered Country, but I have a bigger gap between the two. Yeah. I mean that I have different problems with each of the movies, but they're more or less comparable in terms of how I think of them. Okay. They meet in the middle. All right. But they but they have very different problems. No nobody could accuse the undiscovered country of a lack of originality. No to, to, oh, I mean yeah. to, to you know to quote Spinal Tap to paraphrase Spinal Tap too much <laughs> too much originality. <laughs> too much perspective. It's too much. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so that means that Star Trek Five. Agatha Christie in space. Who thought? Right. Who saw that coming? Exactly. 
I fucking love that part of it. All of a sudden, you're, it feels like you're watching noir in Star Trek. It's fucking... I'm like, what is happening before my eyes? Spock transforms first into Sherlock Holmes and then into Sam Spade. It's yes. remarkable. Yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> the, the, he's like Sherlock Holmes deducing. It's remarkable. Uh, so obviously, that means that for both of us... Yeah. Uh, you know, what's thought of as the joke of the series is actually, in fact, at the bottom of both of our lists. But again... What do you want to say about that, though? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, is it... Is it miles below... No. ...for you? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so here's the thing. Most people would put this at the bottom of the list without a second thought. Without, yeah, without giving And it... I gave it much more than that. I did too. Because it's really interesting. Because uh, for me, the... five and Go three ahead. were a little bit closer of a race than I ever thought they could be. Right. But... There's not a, there's not a, there's not a huge gap. Um, again, different problems, right? Mm-hmm. More of them, for sure. Yeah. And that's ultimately why I put them at the bottom of the list. But uh, the recently, a former guest of the show, Pete the Retailer, did a, a um, does a Star Trek original series podcast called ABCD TOS. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've come to the end of their run. And now they're doing the Star Trek films, original series films, in alphabetical order. So the first on the list is Star Trek V. The final frontier, um, and I, I've yet to hear that episode. Thankfully, I don't. I don't want to have too much cross. You don't want to color my mind. Your, yeah, yeah. Um, but I he teased on Star Wars Minute um, that you know there's a lot to like, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how I feel about it. There yes. is a lot to that's like. That's how I feel about it, right? But it's also undeniable that more of this film doesn't work than probably all the other movies combined. Yeah. So, in ranking terms, it's a bit of a no-brainer, but don't write it off. I mean, like, right. n- never, never write, never write off any of these films. Well, I think it raised in my estimation. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, there's enough wrong with it that I could never put it above three. Uh, but I think the reason it even came close was because, like you said, there's so much in it that is good that it it defies your expectations because you're you yeah. go into it expecting to see all bad and it's not that no and you know you started the show by saying we're a couple of happy campers yeah <laughs> nothing makes me happier than the camping in in star trek right? well we'll get to it is it is it the right way to open a film probably not no. <laughs> i don't want the movie without that scene though you know <laughs> <laughs> or for it to end without it Yes, that's true. They it did you circle they back. They go it, back. They? All right. Um, well, there. I mean, it was it was a chore, but we 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 are we're basically we're halfway through. Yeah. We're <laughs> but we we've, we've done it and we basically we're exactly the same except we have inverted our first two movies. Yes. I'm glad we're of like minds. Usually it's better if we're not, but um, no, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I, 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 I don't think I would enjoy a conversation with someone who, right, who couldn't see the value. Who had who had Star Trek Four at the bottom of their list? You know, I think I, I, I mean, 
that would make me want to start a fist fight. But here's the thing, like, there, there are people, I think, who do regard it as in as mu- enough of an outlier to dismiss it. To dismiss it completely, right. Yeah. I've heard anti-Star Trek film, and, you know, that's just wrong. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because because it, it, is, it is the ethos of Star Trek boiled down to its basic elements. But um, nonetheless, like, I, I do think Descent comes from, you know, the people who's like, oh, it's the time travel one. Mm-hmm. As if, like, time travel wasn't every, like, fourth or fifth episode of the original yeah. Star Trek series. And <laughs> and then later became, you know, at least one episode per season of every show, of every Star Trek show, consequently. Ever was, since, yeah. Was a, was a time travel story. Star Trek 2009. Well, and we're not a even... time travel story. We're not even done with it within, I mean, the next generation. We're, we're time traveling in first contact. And well, in generations, so we're there's all kinds. And Star Trek 2009. Yeah, so it's 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 with us within the series itself forever. Well, they got it from the series, yeah. you know. They're 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 quoting when they say slingshot around the sun. They're quoting. Uh, I think it, the episode is tomorrow is yesterday. All right. When they try it for the first time. All right, sir. We've been gushing. I mean, how should we do this? Should we, should I just blanket ask you, are any of these movies bad? Or is more than one of these movies bad? I think there's only only one that that I have some discomfort about saying is is a good film. Mm-hmm. Is a bad film, sorry. No, is a good film. But are you going to say it's a good film? I think so. <laughs> This is the other thing I kind of really wrestled with. So wait, I mean, we're going to, obviously, we're going to say two and four are good. Yes? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, great. Great. They are great. Yeah, I agree. They're great movies. And I'm not, there's no way I'm going to call Undiscovered Country a bad movie. That's no. A, that's a fucking... It's high good. It's so good. High good. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Three. I think we... Is the definition of good. <laughs> it's not great it's not bad it's good it's good it's as middle as the road of the road as you get all right and and all that leaves is star trek 5 but you're gonna go ahead and say that this is a good movie i i this may be the only time i've walked into a ranking episode where i actually haven't even told myself what i'm gonna do exactly exactly <laughs> because because i can't i i I feel like admitting either way is is a failure right. on my part. Failure as a as a film, you know, as like someone who considers myself a film critic, or failure as someone you know who who loves who loves these movies to death. Uh, <laughs> it's and, and it's, let me it's, put it to you really, this way: I think okay, whatever okay. whatever somebody picks. Not by somebody. I mean, whatever you or I pick. <laughs> if if you're if you're going if if you were looking at percentages, to me, for both of us, whether it's good or it's bad, it's fifty-one to forty-nine. Yeah, you know, like it's that it's it's like it's a razor's edge. In terms of your determination, mm-hmm. and oh man. Because I, I want to the, say the biggest, that this is you know a bad movie, 
but because for me it defies expectations of how bad it's supposed to be, I think it's good. The, the, here's the, here's what makes it harder for me is the problem the problem with this movie for me is one of tone. Mm-hmm. It's about judging tone, which is something that Shatner as a director seems incapable of. <laughs> okay. But I don't know whether that's because I don't know whether that's enough. To now, say what are you talking about specifically? It, everything is either too, too silly or too serious. Mm-hmm. And 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 we and we go between the two. We vacillate between the two, too erratically. Okay. For my liking. Um. But. But at the same time, I like I, I can't, like I I know that I I but I I it doesn't it doesn't add up to anything concrete. I mean, it really is. It's it's almost a matter of taste. Yeah, right. right. It's almost like there's like that is too serious. You know, that is that is taking this idea to a more serious place than it needs to go. Conversely, this is taking it to a more comedic place than it needs to go. <laughs> I don't know whether that's enough to write to, to write, write it off. Movie is a bad movie. Yeah, because. Uh, what 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 surprises me every time I see this film is how is how strange and anomalous it is. Yes, and yet how much it still feels like stuff. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. I was gonna say, but Tom, it still feels it feels like Star Trek, and it feels to me it kind of harkens back to the series. Yep. You know. Uh. Well, I'll go you one further. Uh-huh. A lot of this is pulled from the animated series. Shatner oh, did, wow. didn't even bother going back as far as the live action series. <laughs> <laughs> There's if you if you go on like the the memory alpha, uh-huh. you'll see a number of like you know mythology elements that only exist in this and and, and the Star Trek series. V. No, I mean that's it. I mean the, they make a one of the best decisions this film makes is we're going to focus on our central trio. At the yes. expense of pretty much everything of, else. Of everything else, right. And that is very consistent with, uh, dare I say it, the two-dimensional thinking of <laughs> of the television series. Right. But the previous three sequels have done the work of uh, moving exactly, away from right, that yeah. and making it an ensemble piece. So... Why the fuck not? Yeah, like, right. Let's go back to the original <laughs> for one movie. Yeah. And then, you know, you go back to Undiscovered Country and it's an ensemble And it's again. an ensemble like, again, right. And, you know, I don't know if it's enough to say that it works within... It works within the Within series. the series as a whole, yeah. Well, to say it's a good movie, but I kind of... That is a big... I mean, it, we it's We were just Star talking about this off air, like... If, so, if, if you write something... Yeah, if, if, like, clearly... It's not... A, this is a piece of work... <laughs> Where somebody would say, might say, well, what about this, this, and that? But your response is, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do this. I want to focus yeah. on the on the the trio. I want it to feel more, you know, retro towards towards the series itself or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? To me, it's like that's what that movie's going for, and it it succeeds it in is. that. You can't say it doesn't yeah. succeed in that. And also, you know. I mean, famously, Gene Roddenberry hated this probably more than any of the other mm-hmm. Star Trek films. But it's actually much more of a of a Roddenberry esque approach 
to the idea of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. it, because, you know, it, it's... You know, he, he is a, he's famously utopian and... He's famous for, you know, being utopian and an atheist. Yeah. And a... And sexually molesting women. But, like... <laughs> within... <laughs> Fuck. Related to Star Trek, you know... <laughs> And that's what this movie feels like a tribute to to his vision for the show mm -hmm. more than the others, which again takes it back to the roots of the roots of Star Trek. Yeah. Um And there's a there's a lot there's a lot wrong with it and there's a lot yes, that makes right. you cringe. Yeah, right. There are it, there's a lot in it that makes you cringe and there's a lot of forced slapstick and that is never a good thing. Right. But I think it. I think it pulls it off. I mean, I've I I oh, I've never wanted to stop watching it once I put it on. Yeah, I'll, I agree with that. Like, and I think there are films in film series that I would skip if I really didn't like them and mm -hmm. didn't think they they were worth it. But I, it's funny that that to me, the the fan narrative does enter my brain. If I if I'm gonna sit down and watch Star Trek movies, I think I'm different from you in the sense of this might be the last one that I decide to turn on. But when but whenever I do turn to me, it's it all on, about the to me it's all about the chronology. The chronology. Like it, it just like if I've just watched four, I'm gonna watch five. Yeah. If I just watched three, I'm gonna watch four. As it's it's not quality does not enter into it. Yeah. But. But, but I am always time, struck every time I watch this movie, and I've I've probably only seen it a half a dozen to ten times. <laughs> uh, but every time I watch it, I I'm, I am always I always go I was I was sure that I was going to say that this was a bad movie even before, yeah. you know, watching the movie for the purposes of the podcast. I thought I would say it was a bad movie. Yeah. And then I watch it, and I think. I don't think so. And no, I'm going to have to officially no, I say I think it's a good movie. I'm going to officially um, So congratulations, William Shatner. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's earned it. Because I mean, somehow like... you managed to get my endorsement. What was the... Uh, you might remember this. What was the name of the of the science fiction novel series that um Tech Shatner Wars. Wrote? This see, I think I've never read a tech war. Me neither. Or, or seen the TV. But of his limited directing TV. experience, this and tech wars is most of it. Like, right? You know, some, but something involved with tech wars. Aside from the the you know the Star Trek novels that he wrote, where he brings himself back to life. <laughs> right. Um, this is what I imagine. Like I, I'm never. Let's face Let me, well, it. I'm, I'm at an age where I'm never going to sit down and read a tech war book. Right. But this is what I imagine it's like. Yes, exactly. Star Trek Five. Yeah. Like I don't. I because feel like this guy if has more ideas. than anything. This movie feels like I think you've said either off air or on air. It feels like the inside of William Shatner's yeah. brain. It is. It's like it's, this. Uh, it's Samaril. everything he wants. It's him it's climbing his, El Capitan. It's him fucking riding horses. It's him large and it's in charge. It's his way of looking at the world. Yeah. It, and, and, you know, like... It, it, in, he gets in to a way question that has nothing to do, God. It, it, in a way that has nothing to do with um, with filmmaking quality. No. He feels like the work of a true auteur. 
Well, I want to say He's definitely it. not compromising his vision. No. Of what, and, what Star Trek and I is was, and what he thinks the world is. I, For the first time ever, because of the podcast, I was specifically watching this movie in terms of direction and was astonished yeah. to see that a lot of this movie has what I can only describe as a sure hand. It looks like he... he okay. Let's 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 slow down. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm there yet. Like, okay, I don't know. I don't know if I've drunk the Shatner Kool Aid that much. But go on. There, there are there are plenty of shots in this movie that I think are interesting, where he makes something. The very first scene, the very first scene to me, the cold open is him showing off. It's him saying. Look how interesting I can make something completely uninteresting look. You also, you know what the sad irony of all this is as well. <laughs> Go on. He hate he hates this. I don't know that. My understanding he, of it is that he kind of thinks of it as I took a risk. I did what I wanted to do, and everybody hates it. I, and he okay. claims he did. He he claims he's not doing what he wanted to do. He claims that this is a modified version of what he wanted to do. Hmm. And that the and that the problems with the film are all down to him. That the studio not let studio and the rest I know of that the, like he was arguing the a lot, not letting him do what he wanted. That that doesn't that look I... like that. It looks like they let him do too too, yeah. too much. Yeah, too much of what he wanted. To me, but, uh... I know he was arguing a lot with the editor. <laughs> I had I had I had read about that. I want to make a film about that. That would be great. I want to do because you know he did a documentary. He did a like a revenge documentary. About the 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 first season of Next Generation called Chaos on the Bridge. Yeah, I've, I've, it's actually a it's actually a brilliant documentary. I haven't watched uh, it, in spite of the fact you know it, because it's an incredible story of how it got to air and and what happened you know that and the the literal chaos behind the scenes, but you know it, it there is an aspect of Shatner is very happy that this didn't go well. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and so I want I I want to do that kind of film, but about the making of Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. Yeah, because I think that you know, fuck the offer. This right, is the, right. This is the, this is the behind the scenes story that I, I want to know about. Right, Shatner fighting with with editors. Mm-hmm. All the the mountain climbers. It's the same idea behind you know we're constantly seeing reboots or remakes of good movies. Let's try making a shitty movie into a good movie let's remake a bad movie i don't need, yeah. i need to see i don't need to see a remake of a good movie absolutely <laughs> um so yeah let, let's uh well there the, i'm uh, yeah. i'm I'm, com- I'm comfortable with that i just like i i i just can't when i look back at my notes it doesn't look like a good movie on paper no, <laughs> I think that's my only. I'm not. I don't care about you know. I don't care about what fandom thinks about, mm-hmm. uh, or what cri- film critics think think about it. Um, I can decide that for myself. But I do look back at my notes and go, "How is this a good movie?" And yet I still think of it as a good movie. Yeah, I did not think I would think of it that way, and I did. No. Yeah. So across you, the board, had so many discussions about. So bad it's good. Yeah, never gets anywhere no. close to that. No, territory. not for me. And I, I do think that maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit at the end. <laughs> as soon as I said that out loud, I was like, you know what? I can think of a few moments. 
I thought of I thought of the the only thing that the thing that dropped into my mind, and this maybe proves that it actually is a good movie. Uh-huh. The thing that that I thought is maybe so bad it's good is the chicken noise on the Klingon theme. <laughs> You know, there's like a, the, the Klingon theme is occasionally punctuated with yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. That that's that's a parody of itself, <laughs> but everything else <laughs> that's great. All right, well, officially, we're calling every single one of these sequels good. Yeah, where it's like our our Stallone fetish. We're homers for for Star Trek. I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but but converse, but conversely, you know, the 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 fifth in the series is not as bad as reputation would have you believe. Right. No. Rocky Five is worse. Yes, by far. Too much? By <laughs> far. So, all right, we say each of these movies are good. Uh, our rankings are almost identical. Yeah, we are inverting. I go two four, and you go four two. We made all, made all that fuss about I know, not right? adhering to the to the even odd rule. Yeah, and what do we got? All the evens at the top, all the odds <laughs> at the bottom. I know. <laughs> Fry was right, everyone. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen. You got to help us out. We de- we really want to hear from you on the Star Trek yeah. series. I want to know what 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 our listeners think. We know think. this is probably not right. <laughs> I just want to say that out loud for the record. We, we admit know it. This is probably not reality. <laughs> so find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Please, by all means, you send us an email to everythingsequel@gmail.com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. When you hear us next time, we will be talking Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. I'm looking forward to it. Tom, say goodbye to the good people. You have not experienced Shakespeare until you've read it in the original Klingon. There is so much fucking Shakespeare in that movie. In the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> that was apparently the line that got Christopher Plummer to do the film. All right. He just wanted to say that line out loud. If you say so. You hear about it, you hear about it. The script was great. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to do the movie. This may be the only time it's actually true. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought he would have uh, loved the uh, Havoc. Let's slip the dogs of war. Well, yeah, he gets to just just like sit in a chair and quote Shakespeare like a For like a like a some, mad old somewhere Lawrence between Olivier. five and ten minutes straight, <laughs> like fucking Gielgud in a dementia home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. We'll have more quotables and more talk for you next time when we talk Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Until then. Tom and Chance out.
I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.